All right, episode number two of the Music City podcast. Out of the that is the MCP. Today we have our second guest. It is Jones Kolbinski. Thank you. Thank you thank so much for being here, man. Yeah, thank, thank you for, for all, inviting man. me. Very cool offer. Very fun to talk about myself. <laughs> <laughs> now, dude, you're a you're a guitarist. You're a comedian. Mm. You're an actor. And you're a farmer. Mm-hmm. What what am I missing? Ooh, <laughs> that's the, that's it, dude. I like to read. Right on. Reader. Uh, keep that brain open. To quote Frank Zappa, right to start off, a, a mind is like a parachute. It only works if it's open. You know, feel good, that good little zap quote to kick things off. What uh, nice. what kind of stuff are you reading right now? Ooh, right now I'm reading a book by Douglas Hofstetter, who's a, I think he's a neuroscientist, but I'm not sure. It's called I'm a Strange Loop. It's a book about consciousness, yeah. like what it means to be I and what it means to you to be me. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, and then I'm reading a book by Graham Hancock, who's kind of a Kooky, you oh, yeah. I literally just got my Graham Hancock <laughs> book yeah, in the yeah, mail. No. Fingerprints of the Gods. Yes, yeah. that's one of my favorite ones. I'm reading America uh, Before, which is oh, his new one okay. about. Is that his? N- you said that's his, it's new his newest book. one. Okay, yeah. cool. It's awesome. Uh, I'm only like a few pages in, um, and then I always have like a bunch of religious texts around my bed from various like to, like to you know nab little snippets of wisdom uh, from every epistemology that I can. I got like the the Bhagavad Gita right next to my uh, bed. It's actually signed by Gandhi's grandson. Wow. Arun Gandhi. He came to my high school and spoke. Could you tell me what a Bhagavad... Could you say it again? (laughs) The Bhagavad Gita. And and what is that? It's like um, Hinduism's one of its oldest texts. It's about Arjuna who is a like warrior. He was a human. Mm Mm-hmm. He has regret about being on the battlefield. He's like, oh, I, like I'm, I'm called to kill, but I'm like, I feel such sympathy for the ones I'm about to kill. And then Krishna comes to him, and the whole thing is a dialogue between the two. And Krishna's like, the whole thing is like, hey, you're on this material plane. I made you a warrior, and it's like you got to do your duty, even though it's. Like, and then it's sort of this. It starts with a moral conundrum, and you like read it as Arjuna, and then. Uh, uh, or at least you kind of like sympathize and relate to him, and then like the second time you read it, you kind of like put yourself in cr- like Krishna's shoes, and yeah. then it's like it's sort of like a predestination type of thing, where mm-hmm. it's like, hey, they're like form is going to turn back into formless. Humans are gonna die if you're put on this earth to fight. You know, that's your job. Like, sorry, it does suck from what you see. Like, right, like Arjuna, you are feeling pain, and I don't want to, you know like diminish any of that but like bigger picture it's just like the clock you know it's all just like the happenstances are simply that they're happenstances and it's like it's curious because it's like such a peaceful book and like so much wisdom uh, there's a quote that's like uh, uh talk when it talks about the mind where it's like the mind is uh is you know unruly and uncalm and difficult to control it, it's like uh i find uh taming the mind more difficult than taming the wind mm. you know but at the same time it's like been a text that has like used been used to like justify genocide and stuff so there's this huge like juxtaposition of like hinduism as a peaceful religion and hinduism as like a warrior religion so it's fascinating, that is fascinating. and i do not advocate nor do i condone any sort of violence or genocide I think we can all agree. <laughs> I was actually uh, pretty because conv- I uh, got that from a guy on a campus one time, the Bhagavad Gita. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but uh, I yeah, I like to read too. So I was like, I'm gonna at least give this a chance. You know, read the f- as m- many pages as I can. Yeah. And I was a bit confused by that uh, the call to action for fighting type thing that you were talking about because I was like, whoa! I was like, this re- like this religious book that's talking about. Killing, violence, right? violence yeah, yeah, and I was really, uh, I don't know if take, uh, taken back by it or, like, take, um, you know, didn't like it, but, uh, yeah, it was just interesting. It, like you said, it was a good juxtaposition to, mm-hmm. like, what I thought or thought Hinduism was. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, like, so. it's sort of the paramount text for that religion. Um, I can't not recommend it. It's awesome. It certainly, like, frames our humanity in a very, like, um, like singular light because it's like our understanding of like what good and evil is might be you know secondary to like 
what's like really going on behind the scenes in the universe. Uh, again, it's it's sort of you know it, it it's touchy because it's like there the whole thing the backdrop is that there's a war between two divine forces and so it's like the, the whole concept of war is written about and it's like do you do your duty like dutifully <laughs> to do your duty or do you like you know like take a moral stance or high ground and it's like that's kind of up to the reader yeah is the cool thing so that's interesting it's great it's great i love that book it's Soun- beautiful sounds like like it's a lot of ba- like a inner balance mm. is that is that right definitely definitely because like, like inner fight with yourself exactly and that's where the real yeah. fight is it's like the the fight you know we're, c- we're on a battlefield in everyday life and like with the society that we're in with your mind with your heart and it's like how do you move from your mind to your heart and like live there and be like a warrior for compassion, like radical compassion in a way. Yeah. Pretty pretty cool. Wow, dude. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> we getting heavy. So right off the bat. And so that is that that's Hinduism? Is that is yeah, that right? Yeah. So is there any other religions that you draw from as as much as that? Uh dude, you know? Jesus. Cool dude. Like him. Cheers. Very good stories. I like the Thomas Jefferson Bible mm-hmm. where he just like highlighted just what Jesus was saying. I, I didn't know like that. that. Yeah, yeah. He, in his study, his personal Bible, he had like, uh, like ripped out everything that literally did not come just from Jesus's mouth. How much does that shorten it? Hmm? That shortened the Bible a lot. Oh yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much, but yeah, definitely. Um, I've been like practicing like Zen meditations for a while now. More now, more since the like COVID happened. It was one thing where I was like, oh, I can like you know, meditate for like 30 minutes once a week or whatever. And then you start getting like way more like, like peaceful and deep results when it's like an hour, I'd like make it part of your schedule. You mm-hmm. know, like the importance of that daily routine and like every morning waking up, it's like, I ain't got nothing to do like eight thirty to nine thirty, just like me and a mantra and like woo, getting in touch with my body. You know? Dude, some, like, I think I, I struggle with this and I think like probably more people a lot of people do but I, i've tried meditating before man and yeah. i i don't get it no patience. i don't i don't understand how uh i don't understand the goal i'm trying to reach while i'm doing it i feel like i'm thinking too much and the point mm. is to not think is that well, right it's not to not that's a common misconception it's not to not think it's to view your thoughts and to not be your thoughts and to separate yourself from your thoughts like a third third person definitely definitely and that's like it's basically yeah yeah Uh. and like but like an inner outside perspective if that makes sense to to like because constantly all day every day i mean this is like the 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 pillar of most of our suffering is that like we have the monkey mind which is the ego which is like constantly either thinking ahead and like gives us all visions of grandeur which causes anxiety, right? And because you fail to meet these expectations that your brain tells you that you can be this super person or Mm. whatever, like your best you. And then it's like when you don't reach that, you know, you're disappointed or it's making you think about all the regrets in the past, right? And then, you know, we all fucking hate that. (laughs) (laughs) We all live with that shit. Absolutely. uh, There's something awesome and like cleansing to be able to sit and breathe and only you kind of take that chirping and take the thoughts and be like hand it be like hey we're just going to breathe for a little bit or you can ram das has a mantra that you can just repeat over and over that says i am loving awareness just over and over i am loving awareness i am loving awareness i am loving awareness i'm loving awareness i'm loving awareness and then sooner or later like you get in touch with your body and it's like the felt present moment and the direct experience that you're having always in the now is like a really sacred place to be. And you can, it's like a brain massage. You can just like ah, take a deep breath and then like, you don't think about what you're doing tomorrow. You don't think about what you've done that makes you feel bad. It's like all is well when it's right here and right now. And, um, the, the benefits have been amazing. It's funny. My, my friend Luke Putney is – he was a virtuoso bassist. I, I, remember, I, yeah, I haven't seen Luke in a long time. Yeah, dog. 
He's a sage. Great guy. Um, I've known Luke since we were in pre-K. Wow. We were from Atlanta together. But wow. he was a this virtuoso bl- bassist who's blind. Um, he was this blind dude because he lost his sight to brain cancer. And then right when he graduated Belmont, his cancer came back. And, yeah. it, and he had a stroke. They operated. He survived. But he, like, lost movement in his left arm, right? So he can't play bass anymore. Shit. And just in the past, I hung out with him two days ago, and he was saying that, like, his fingernails weren't growing, like, for the past two years on his left hand or whatever. And he started meditating, like, for hours. Because he, you know, he's kind of Im- not immobile, but, like, he doesn't move well on his own. He can walk. And also, this dude raised, like, $60,000 for a charity in South Africa, like, after he came out of his brain cancer. Like, the first thing he wanted to do. He's like, I'm going to learn how to walk again and then walk a mile a day for 27 days and do, like, a marathon. It's amazing. And, uh, you know, ask for donations and started this music program in South Africa. So, shout out to Luke Putney. Listen to his music on every platform. <laughs> that <laughs> uh, is amazing. And th- what was what's his the program? His, his, it, well, uh, it's called Instrumental Horizons. Oh, it's cool. his charity. And you can donate as well to that. Still, they take the donations. But since he started meditating, his fingernails started growing back. That's amazing. <laughs> it was crazy. Wow. Right? He told me that yesterday. That's I was awesome. like, you got to be pulling my leg, dog. He's like, nope. And, yeah, he's gone. You talk about being in the moment and, like, being in touch with, like, spirituality or religion or, you know, just the human experience as we're all in it. That man has lived a thousand lifetimes, Absolutely. dude. All in his – it's it, he, when you're around him, it's like – you know, he, he glows. It's wild. He he's, the, he's the homie. So shout out to Luke Putney. Everybody fucking. Luke Putney, man. <laughs> Love that boy. I also like what you said about, um, obviously, the ego and people. You know, they feed their ego, and that really feeds into their expectations, what they want from a situation. And I've always found that if I just keep my expectations low for anything in life, that's mm-hmm. usually how it's it's going to end up all right at least yeah dude know. amen you can't be disappointed that way yeah absolutely exactly. and then everything else whatever the universe gifts you becomes like cherries on top so you're great mm-hmm. more grateful way more grateful absolutely okay. and um yeah there's 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 something to be said about uh like the difference between keeping your expectations low but still like working hard absolutely like you gotta you gotta like bust your ass in some way or another and like do something productive it's not just gonna come to you but like do the work for the sake for the work's sake not to like glorify the self it's a journey yes it is a journey whatever you do yeah and like i think that's (coughs) sort of uh especially in like where we are in nashville and like all of us being musicians Mm -hmm. and like trying to do it because we have this deep like yeah need of like expression and creativity within absolutely we practice so many hours like as a musician and then wanting to glorify the music uh, instead of the self but unfortunately like especially where we are in like la as well yep it's sort of the opposite right which of course it is and that's fine you're not like i'm not here to cast judgment on anybody for doing what they want to do but like as far as the industry is involved it's funny that like the bands or, or just like artists that uh take like a path of like a lucrative career path or whatever like making music of whatever's gonna like make them feel successful yeah yeah is different than like (coughs) servicing the music and being a servant to the music and victor wooten talks about that a lot it's like i mean i think for lack of a better word we're talking about like selling out to a degree yeah for lack of a better term yeah and like but, you know, selling out's different than, like, you know, people were... Start from the beginning, wanting, yeah, yeah, to yeah. wanting to sell out from the very start. Yes. Like, Isaac Brock from Modest Mouse, people, like, gave him shit because in, like, the early 2000s, you know, like, Float On or whatever, it was in, like, a bunch of car commercials. Mm. They were like, you're not punk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, he's like, dog, I gotta, like, I've been doing this for 15 years, and if, like, somebody comes up and's like, would you like a million dollars for us to use 30 seconds of your song in a Volkswagen commercial? That sounds reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, like, yeah, I can fucking, like, you know, you gotta suck a little dick. <laughs> I condone dick sucking of all Just sorts. a tad. <laughs> Uh, just a little baby bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> However much you want. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. We all got to suck the dick of life occasionally. Yes. We all yes. We've all sucked the dick. <laughs> um, dude, so comedy. 
Wow. Yeah. I'm oh, very cool. curious. About. <laughs> yeah. Jokes. Uh, jokes, comedy. Yes. What about it? What, what so really made you want to get into it exactly? Well, you're the only comedian that, yeah. that I know in, in really? Nashville. In Nashville? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was sort of, it's funny. Um, I was like, dra- you know, we're talking about the journey and whether or not it's like, you know, how much of it is you and how much of it is just... <gasps> The poster. Mm-hmm. We knew it would happen. We got, we got 15 minutes. That's probably a great shot, though. Honestly, <laughs> that could good. be like y'all just make that into a GIF. And like <laughs> actually, it all falls. Yeah, to the I guess floor I got to put it back. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> 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 it's gonna, it's gonna Everything's falling to the floor. Yeah, it's all good. Um, Speaking of cover. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a perfect segue. But um, um, yeah, dude. I it was one of those things that I just straight up, uh, like everybody had always told me I was funny but it, to me it was more i was just like acting like a fool <laughs> <laughs> to like get people to laugh or what have you um and like i was always the class clown growing up and i was always getting in trouble and trouble uh but what kind of antics uh basic schoolyard antics schoolyard <laughs> antics yes and then like you know Dick jokes in <laughs> literature class and Naturally. Like fart I noises. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dick and fart jokes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's really highbrow comedy yeah, yeah. to get my start. But like, um, yeah, I was just sort of like a hellion for teachers, which I regret. It came from like a, a place of anger, honestly, and like a need for attention that you know probably like stemmed from childhood trauma of some way or another. Um, Feel that. Yeah, hey, we all do, right? But um, I went to Belmont, and I was like a musical theater kid all in high school. Very cool. So what brought like, you to Belmont? Sorry. Honestly, no, you're good. I can, I, in my brain. You're probably uh, way better at that than I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, my friends from high school, um, Chris Lee, Ethan Jones, and Matt Mafood, who Chris Lee – I was like gonna join. He was in the musical theater program at Belmont, mm-hmm. and we all did theater together in high school, and did music together in high school. And we, I was, it was a boarding school, right? And um, we were all boarders together, and they all went to Belmont because um, they were in a band together called Soundproof. And Very I was cool. like, hell yeah, dude! I'm like, these are the homies. I'm gonna like follow them to Belmont. It's Nashville, and like you know, even like picking college, I could have gone to like some really cool colleges or whatever probably been more expensive because it would mm-hmm. be out of state too so like i figured save money nashville is absolutely amazing and it's like it's a place where i can just gig anywhere definitely and um my homies are there and then chris ended up being in hamilton uh like in chicago his like junior year he dropped out of school to go do like professional music wow theater. yeah yeah and um i'm still friends with all those dudes today um, i was actually talking to ethan today um, just about like he's living in Atlanta right now, so making sure he's like safe. Yeah, um, yeah, staying off the streets and whatnot because it's, it's crazy down there. It's getting but, crazy. Um, yeah, I, I came and then I uh, wanted to study music because I didn't know whether I wanted to do like acting as a major or music. And then it's like, well, music's something you can actually study, right? Acting is like this esoteric. Bullshit. I didn't want to be like rolling around on the ground in some NYU theater, like, yeah, like experimental theater class, (laughs) you know, and it's like, yes, this is high art. It sounds fun. Yeah, right. But like, it's not like that to me is not like a trade or a skill. And I feel like music theory knowledge and like (coughs) composition absolutely is is more of a, a trade. And so I studied music at Belmont. You know, didn't really enjoy it. Uh, what can you can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was in. Well, this is it goes back to how I got into comedy, honestly. Um, and then it, it says something about like what comedy is for society. And anyways, um, I had like an itch to scratch because I was performing in these music classes, but like wasn't gigging a whole lot, and I wanted to like. I've, like, been on stage since I was, like, six years old. I yeah. I like, do, like, Atlanta Boy Choir and Atlanta Theater and stuff like that. Very cool. Um, and then I was, like, 
is not like there's something I want to like do a musical. So I auditioned for Belmont Student Theater, mm. didn't get a part, and I was like, ah, my ego, <laughs> like, ah, I, I'm so good. <laughs> well, um, didn't get a part, and then I auditioned for Fall Follies, mm. which is Belmont's comedy troupe where once a year we do like a big old show in october it's like sketch comedy i went to one of those yeah it was awesome thank you thank you yeah it's it's still like that was like my frat right yeah yeah. that was like a bunch of like misfit comedians not even comedians just like weird people but it was funny it's like i want to see that motherfucker on stage absolutely (laughs) everybody was excited about it word it's a it's a big it's a big deal we take it seriously and i think that's the most important thing but like uh, it started with, so like, you know, I, I got to s- scratch that itch and then it's like, we started doing improv and it's like, I've never really done improv comedy. And then people are like, you should, you know, we're all going out to an open mic. Do you want to like write five minutes? I'm like, okay, I'll do stand up. I've never done stand up before in my life. And then like started doing that. And then at, like while we were in Follies at the university we go to, it's right. It's a college sketch troupe. And we would go in front of a censorship board. To be like, make sure. Obviously, we're not going to write any swears in it because they're like, "Hey, let's do a PG show," and it's like, "Yeah, that's totally like, of course." Right. People are going to bring their kids. Like, we're not going to be like dropping f bombs. Yeah. Whatever. Of course. But like, they did stuff like my friend Katie had uh, uh, her poster. We do posters and put them around the school. She was wearing like a dress, like a a normal dress and like the idea was like we were all just like dolled up for the posters right yeah and i'm I'm literally talking like an inch above the knee like yeah a dress that's a regular dress and, uh, <laughs> and the, the censorship board was like this is promiscuous this is like glorifying like sexuality that we like don't adhere to and i'm like motherfucker you're horny like you're, <laughs> you're, you're horny. the, you're you're the one projecting this shit right <laughs> like this is in your brain it's like everybody else in the room is like what is this guy talking about <laughs> absolutely and like so th- that was like the first taste of like weird like with this administration mm. and then i found out later that uh Damon Henninger, who's the CEO of Core Civic, who's the largest private prison corporation in America, he's on the board of trustees at Belmont University. Wow! And they like talk about how like you know the teachings of Christ lead their school, and it's like I don't I don't really see anything less Christ-like than mass incarceration and like not cheers know, giving Very people. True. And I don't want to get into semantics. It's a, it's a tough issue, uh, like public versus private. Uh, uh, um, Institutions. Insti- yeah, and yeah. Specifically I understand like that jailing. And like they're profiting off of mass incorporate incarceration. Yeah, and it's like if you're profiting off of people in jail, the then there's an incentive is bam to keep more people in jail. Yeah, arrest is made and keep the draconian drug laws in place to keep like stop and frisk in place to keep like all of these like that you think you know non uh, progressive ideals in place. So I was like, well, that sucks. So I started emailing the president and got called into his office a whole bunch of times. And yeah, Bob, Bobby, and I go back. What? What did he just ask you to stop? To stop emailing me? No, he wanted to like just talk to me about like, you know, he's like, well, what can I do? And I'm like, motherfucker, take him off the board. Like this, he has no place to. Why is this person associated with education? Did like he higher ad- education? Did he address the hip- hypocrisy and the whole situation no, at I least? Mean, no. <laughs> no, he just wouldn't even mention. Uh, like, did you ever try to bring it up? Like you do realize someone on your board of trustees? Oh yeah, no, no, I told it right to his face. But, like, it was also, like, four four years ago, th- three. So I wish I knew, like, every single sentence in that thing. Yeah. But, um, I mean, the, the vibe he gave me was, like, ah, oh, it's out of my hands. And then there were, like, multiple petitions, like, change.org petitions. We were, like, this guy has no – like, so it wasn't – and I didn't even start it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just, like, the vocal one on the page being, like – and, you know, I'm – Asking questions. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, I'm, like – coming into this thing that people are telling me that I am, which is a comedian. And so I'm like, well, I can be like a loud mouth about this. Cause it's funny yeah. to me to like tell Bob Fisher that, you know, he eats donkey wheel. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny to me. It's very funny. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So Belmont's also done some other stuff. Sus things. They like fired a soccer teacher, the women's soccer coach for being a homosexual Really? Yeah. Before what year was we that? got there, like it was like mid two thousands, maybe like oh eight or something. Wow. Like Twenty ten. Uh, she like came out because she was like, "Hey, I'm getting married to a woman," and they're like, "Cool, have fun not having a job here anymore," or like mm. they strongly asked her to leave. That's fucked. And again, I'm like, you know, just doing um, 
uh, uh, sort of platitudes here. I'm sure there's way more details involved to everything I've brought up. But uh-huh. like, this is just, you know, the good, the cream, the 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 nuts and bolts of the situation. The nuts and bolts, the cream. I'm yeah. sure they have excuses as to why they fired her. Yeah, uh, well, excuse excuses as we will. I remember in one of my freshman classes at Belmont, they said something like. Uh, that the professors had to sign a paper saying they were Christian if they wanted the job. Yes. Yeah, and you like have to be like and here's what's funny is that the theology department has pushed against that rule harder than any department at Belmont. To be like so we would love to like if we're going to have to have it like world religion studies or you know a study of Islam we would love for I don't know someone who practices the faith to be able to teach it cuz like hell yeah theology department like that's sick. Um, they also just Belmont just bought Oberlin College, which is like a old art school, yep. and I know that. Oh, oh, oh! Is it going to happen again? It will happen again. <laughs> That's cool with me. Dude. <laughs> um, you can't polish a turd. You can't, po- <laughs> can't polish a turd. You can't polish a turd. But you can slap it on the wall. <laughs> you can throw the turd on the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. Thanks, Matthew. Again. Good man, right here, um, Matthew Rennick. Matthew Rennick's been helping us out. Indeed, on the podcast. Thank you, Matt. But yeah, they they just absorbed Oberlin, and then it was like, well, what happens to all of the teachers at Oberlin that aren't Christian? And I think Belmont said that they can like stay, mm-hmm. which is good. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> but like, also, there's a whole lot of like LGBTQ students there, and it's like, um, you know, and they're gonna understandably feel not feel safe. Being yeah, they'll not make them feel uncomfortable in one way or another, right? And. You know, if your response to that is like, well, they're just being snowflakes, then meet me outside and we can go at it Greco-Roman style. I'm a grease up, yes. pin you down, <laughs> my balls in your mouth. <laughs> we will fight. Well, I think even more, <laughs> more so fight. than if you think someone's a snowflake, it's just like if you have an absolutist policy, that's bullshit. There's sh- yes. there, you can't be black. There's always and, shades and of gray in everything in life. You yes. can't just be absolute about something. It goes more than just being a snowflake and feeling disrespected is just about you want to be that's like i don't know if i'm using the right absolute discrimination yeah well that and it's just like a dictatorship type thing you're telling someone to do one thing you have to do one Mm. thing i know that's kind of far-reaching me calling it like that but still i mean absolutism there's no there's no place in the world i have always described belmont as a microcosm of fascist theocracy (laughs) you're gonna have to define that a little bit (laughs) i feel like i might know it a little bit but you're gonna have to go into that one Okay, right. When you're on a college campus, you're agreeing to like li- it's like a little micro society, right? Like a microculture. Yeah. And the like binding uh, ideology of the university that I happen to attend to is like very theocratic because it's like you know you, you're forced to go to chapel, which it's like again I'm not. Yeah, it sucks, but it wasn't that bad. And like I'm not gonna be it, the type of guy to be like chapel. It wasn't quite chapel for us, right? It was. Yeah, it, well, I mean, it was the religion classes? The relig- but like you had to go to like ten, ten or twenty, right. like ten religion convos. Ch- conv- yeah, like well, that's forcing services. something upon. I, that's bullshit. It's forcing. I think yeah, so, you, yeah, I, I agree. Right, I mean, I get it's a pr- it's a private. There's the fascism. <laughs> <laughs> forcing upon. Yeah, there absolutely. You go. Um, I mean, it, Belmont is a private university, right? Totally. Yeah, so they yeah, can yeah, totally yeah, do all. Yeah, of it, which is yeah. yeah, yeah. Go, you know, and like I chose to go there, and but like. Also, they sure as hell didn't prop that up when I was, you know, a, a um, prospective student. Yeah, they talk, They sure lit up those recording studios, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But not so much the, um, the, the, the religious aspect. But, again, I'm not here to, like, if, if you have an epistemology or an ideology that genuinely brings you joy and comfort in a universe that is absolutely bonkers and no one knows what's going on and no one knows why we're here it's like have at it dude like whatever makes you feel happy that's the same thing it's like i'll not not protect but like i'll support anyone's right to believe something or you know whether it's a, a a conservative viewpoint or like a viewpoint of like if someone is like feels like they need to transition into a different gender like mm. yes whatever makes you comfortable more comfortable to make it through this hellscape that we're all living in 
like go for it. If you cheers like to that, man. Huff and glue. Maybe we can like talk about <laughs> that. We can figure something else out. <laughs> yes, but you still get high. Yeah, <laughs> there's other ways. But um, no, in terms of like ideology, I'm not. Li- and you know, now it's even crazier because it's like. I mean, the lines are, like, it seems like the lines are drawn, but I don't think they are. I think that we can, like, get beyond, like, whether you're a a, a fucking fascist conservative or a snowflake communist liberal or whatever and just, like, heal each other and, like... Respect. You know, yeah, mutual respect and, like, Be a community. love's the binding agent, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, quote my homeboy, Jesus Christ, like to love your enemy what does that m- what does that really mean like yeah. and, and like does anyone practice that ever yeah to love thy enemy no no <laughs> and that they talk about it in the bhagavad gita where it's like to have compassion for the the other people's soldiers it's like mm. yeah you like have that have the compassion in in times of warfare even and absolutely it's like, uh w- yeah it's it's i know it's new age and like has only gotten us so far but like Love is the champion. Like, if it's not, then what's then we're that's really what, fucked. That's you know? like love is what we're all here for. That's what this is. A, that's what this agree. life is all about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, basically, I joined that comedy troupe, and then <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I joined that comedy troupe. Kind of got to see behind the veil of the university that I was at, and then um, at the same time that I joined it, there was a local comedy club that opened up called Third Coast Comedy Club. Shout out, shout out, Third Coast Comedy Club, <laughs> at Third Coast Comedy Club, uh, which needed, like, help, like, perform. Well, Follies, we wanted to do improv there first. Okay. So we started doing shows there. And everybody was, like, super nice um, and really cool space. Seats, like, 110 people, maybe a little less, maybe, like, 100. But um, it was, like, this awesome space that we could go off campus and say fuck. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Since yeah. we, we, could, we didn't have that comedic outlet. Uh, and it was a spot where we could like visit regularly and you could still be the belmont comedy troupe exactly fire exactly um and so we were doing those shows and they were always just like a riot they were just fucking awesome that's awesome and so my like senior year i auditioned to be on the house team there at third coast um just because i had free time like and i was like working a burger job is this and doing this this is house team that's like the house band for yeah but for improv very cool for like a comic so we have like two shows a month you know what i mean mm-hmm. and there's a, like five or six different house teams at third coast mm-hmm. um and um then i did i you know was on infinity etc which was the name of our troop for like a year and a half and then up until last i want to say like october so like only six months ago this was right no i graduated a year ago so may of 2019 cool still working like a fucking burger job and then like what burger uh, it was Flip Burger, which closed. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a so fancy burger place. Yeah, 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 it was like chic and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, was it a good burger? It was pretty good. Damn good. <laughs> yeah, damn good milkshakes. Pretty good yeah. burgers. Like right Krispy Kreme donut milkshakes. That fire. I haven't had that. That sounds... You can't anymore. <laughs> oh, it's completely <laughs> dissolved. It's done. Damn. I, I think there's like one more in Atlanta, which is where it's from. Um, but like I'd like, you know, even like the summer's off, I'd be back in Atlanta. I'd be working that fucking burger joint. And then I graduated, and then Flip closed, and then I was literally hosting trivia twice a week to, like, pay rent. And, like, that's kind of getting by, but it was like, this is fucked. And, you know, like, graduation money, and, uh, you know, I come from, you know, a decent, my family's supportive, you know, got a little cash. Um, but, like, kind of just wandering, right, and being like, I want to do music, and I'd do some gigs, I'd bust, and, like, put out an album like mm-hmm. no money did some like a cassette tape release and made like a little bit but li- just sort of like whatever means necessary and doing improv at the same time right for free and then uh my buddy ryan who I respect the grind man yeah, thanks for real. yeah yeah it's yeah. awesome but i you know now's that you know you grind when you're this age absolutely and you get rewarded for how much you put in down the road i think definitely true. anybody that makes it before they're 30 not to be trusted. <laughs> uh, I, I think there's definitely <laughs> merit in that. <laughs> <laughs> not to be trusted. Um, but yeah, uh, at the tail end of last year, my good friend Ryan, who was in the Belmont troop with me, uh, he was doing lights and sound for Third Coast, and he quit and got a different job. He'd been doing it for like a couple years, 
And then there's a job opening, and I was like, yeah, like, show me how to do it. So I've been, like, working at this comedy club. Like, that's what's been paying my rent since leaving college was, like, this thing that I just sort of fell into anyway. Dude, that's awesome. Congratulations on that. Circles, yeah. So what do you do? You're you're running lights over there? Lights and sound. You know, uh, we open back up next week. Oh, nice. Finally, it's been, like, three or four months without performing. I, I would love go watch one. Come yeah. on, that would be awesome. We would love to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I think I'm. I don't know whether I still have coupons. I don't know if they're even. Bad. Well, we'd love. To, we want to go anywhere yeah. and everywhere in Nashville just to you know show people go. what it's about and everything. Okay, Definitely. A little, little bogo card. Oh, Thank nice. you. We're opening at half capacity, so you know we usually see, like I said, like around a hundred. I think I don't know whether we're doing fifty or sixty seats and like distanced, socially distanced seating. Cool. But like, have at it. Yeah. Um, you know, catch me in the tech booth, and it's just. It's nuts, man. I love working there. It is so funny. That's um, awesome. Yeah, not without, you know, there's shit that goes down, but compared to, like, drama working at a restaurant, like, <laughs> oh, shit. or, like, working a desk, like, an office job, or working in a cubicle, it's like, that's not really, I, 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 I would I die. I couldn't do that either. <laughs> I, I, I'm fortunate with you. I work in a music store, and befo- yeah. before that, I was working in a restaurant, and uh, I, I never want to go back to doing one of those kind of jobs ever again. I'm mm-hmm. I would rather do something creative or stay in an environment where I can be around the things that mm-hmm. I love. But you play like pre COVID, y'all were playing a like a shit ton of shows too. Y'all were like getting around, right? Yeah, we were doing we were, yeah, we were, they were, were doing all right. Around, we had actually like put our put out our record like <laughs> six days before the lockdown happened. Wow. Yeah. So fortunately the record came out um if we waited, which there was a lot to talk about like p- postponing the release. Yeah. But uh, if we'd done that, we probably wouldn't have had the record release. Um, but it's also a bummer. We did release it, and now we're not able. We had all these shows lined up yeah, and dude, all these same. ways to promote the record, and now yeah. it's just like we got a show coming up, and um, we're filming a video, I think, in, in June, and then we have some shows coming up in yes. Chattanooga. Okay. Slowly but surely, it's getting rolling again. Yeah, dog. It's I was – kind of in the same i i hadn't since i started working at the club and you know doing improv i hadn't done anything other than like play around town like you know sh- a couple shows like dark matter and like where is dark matter i've heard about that New- oh you have oh. i've never been it's like the best diy venue in town dude it's on a uh, gallatin in like east but not like east east it's west of east <laughs> okay <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it was like somebody's house, and then they had to close down when they shut down like the whole DIY venues thing. And right. then they found this spot on. It, no, it's not on Galton. It's on Donaldson, I think. I don't know any of these goddamn hick ass roads. Here. <laughs> <laughs> See, we live on Hicks Roads right over there. Hicks Road, <laughs> really <laughs> amazing. I bet there are some. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's on Donaldson, and. Um, that's where like all the grimy like punk shit goes down. That's so where like, like all fat the hip hop shit. Yeah, yeah, similar. Even grimier. Oh though. wow! Like way more. Shout out fat bites. Like, shout out fat bites <laughs> for sure. I love that place. It's a very cool place. Um, played a few shows there too. But yeah, I was going to. I think like this weekend I was supposed to do like a weekender with my friend Callie and just do like Chattanooga, Atlanta, Athens, Knoxville, and then back home. Very cool. And it was just like ah. Well, what kind of stuff is is that project? Uh, that's like solo stuff. Uh, um, I make like, I write acoustic sad boy songs. Nice. I write like sort of Zappa e compositions. Since uh, like I'll I'll write out a lot of my music mm-hmm. oftentimes, or like at least a melody in front of a piano. Um, feel like if it gets stuck in my head, and then like arrange around that melody. Um. And then I've been playing in, like, death metal bands since I was, like, 13. So Sick. I make a lot of, like, grindcore and black metal and stuff. So right it's on. Like, I'm hoping that – I'm working on stuff right now um, just in my bedroom. And, like, I've got, like, six songs that are, like, really beautiful, like, acoustic, like, empowering, like, all singing about love and how much, like, what an amazing world we live in. And Very I want to call cool. that – Radical compassion, which I think I used that term earlier in this podcast, but radical compassion. Right, it's, yeah, be on the lookout. <laughs> uh, but then I also <laughs> like I want to do this split thing, where I like put those six songs out, and then I want to put out like ten 
really, really like evil songs called Boundless Descent of just like, you know, <laughs> that'd be sick. <laughs> and you're playing all the instruments on these. Yeah. Uh, well, I've asked like some friends. I've like arranged everything. But like when it comes to like some like keyboard parts, like I'll sit down and like you know play the chord, play the chord, play the chord, play the chord. <laughs> And then, like, bring that to, like, have a friend come over who is way better than I am and have him, like, you know, put some fucking stank on it. Yeah. Put some stank <laughs> on it. And then for the metal shit, I have to use uh, Drum Kit from Hell, which is a uh, software instrument. Dude, how do those know to, to, do, to, like, play what you're playing? I've always wondered that when you, like, automate drums to a track. Oh yeah, well, does it just know? Dude, Easy Drummer's nuts because yeah, it, it's like a tempo. It, so it's it's modeling, right? Mm-hmm. Where they model the same way you can like model the sound of like an amp, uh, and then like have like a digital um, like signal a- for an analog like amp or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like what Kemper does or yeah. what Line Six does with the Helix, they've done the same thing for drums, and like you can like you know put a different mic into like a digital room with a digital snare and you can change the snare and change the velocity of it and it's all midi so it's like i can literally drag there's a library that comes with easy drummer and yeah. all i do is like search like blast beat <laughs> like or you know there's like a um like a whole searchable library yeah and then you can just like demo a song and maybe it's a groove like and yeah. I go, perfect. It's already mixed, and here's the kit that I want it to be played on. And now I drag and drop that into Logic, and it plays to whatever tempo my song is. Yeah. And it's perfect. It's like per- I don't need to record drums. But I what mean, you should, but, <laughs> what, but I don't. <laughs> but so what if there's like a cymbal hit in a spot where you don't want a cymbal hit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, you go like copy and then like paste snare, paste kick, paste uh. Hi hat. So there's a little bit of fine tuning you got to do. Yeah, 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 for sure. Cool. And like, uh, I've also like what I'm doing with this this metal shit, which is pretty much the only time I use Easy Drummer. Which like shout outs to Tune Track, sponsor me. I use Easy Drummer. Give me money. Give me, uh, give me a bunch of software. Give me <laughs> new instruments. Give easy bass. I want Easy Bass. They just came out with a. What is Easy Bass? It's the same thing for drums, but for bass. Oh, yeah. That's it's like sweet. a modeled bass <laughs> like a bass player that's digital it's wild tune tracks the shit yeah and they do a whole bunch of like guitar tones from like they go to like frederick thorndall from mashuga's house or they'll go to like dweezil zappa's house or like uh, you know eric gale's house or something like mic up all of their equipment and like be like okay p- like play everything you do just build a whole profile like, exactly exactly that's sick so, yeah yeah it's awesome damn uh, but when i'm sometimes i'll be like for this for this metal stuff there's like times where you know i'll play like i do a lot of conical which is um i learned from my swedish guitar teacher which is like a uh i, I go to and sweden who to learn who is your guitar teacher His again name's matthias Ia eklund he's a swedish virtuoso pretty popular on instagram too yeah yeah well i mean i i don't think he even gives a fuck about that man you know that's that's wh- that's where I, I that's where I just where I saw him from. All, all his videos are super awesome. He should be more popular, but he's so goddamn humble that he won't. He just started like YouTubing, and it's like mine. All of his videos are fucking awesome, and like it's like you know he's got like twenty thousand subscribers and like four thousand people will watch it, and I'm just over there like this is fucking the greatest thing I've ever seen. But like, um, sometimes I'll like have to, you know, record like I'll just put my mic up to a symbol to be like crash and then like sample that and like drag it into whatever i'm working on like, oh, dope. instead of easy drummer because it's like just if i need like a hit somewhere because a lot of times like i'll write stuff in like five but like you keep a steady like pulse in four mm-hmm. and then thing like and like easy drummer has a hard time with that sort of thing so uh-huh. if i want to accent different off beats or like keep a a polyrhythm yeah yeah it's basically just polyrhythms and like the concept being like okay if i want to play in 916 that's uh nine four right basically it's just nine four uh how's it work 
putting myself on the spot. So if I if I have a I uh, wish I could help you. <laughs> a, if I have a a, a pulse a, a four four pulse, and I play nine sixteen, it'll end up on one together after nine pulses of four. Right? Okay, that makes sense, right? Because yeah. like nine sixteen four times is nine four. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going like, which nine four if you count like takadimi one two three four and then dati ki na dun it's five so who taught you that matias that's largely what do you know what 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 are those his words or what what are that it's like it's like an ancient form of uh indian music that is it's like it's classical it's carnatic music which Uh is like southeastern classical hindi music and all of their rhythms are like very, very um, uh, dissected and uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, it's it's like you know syncopated, but like saying it's syncopated doesn't do it justice because like syncopated in the West is like jazz and like you know Ornette Coleman stuff, which is like that is syncopated and like. Uh, or, or even like Prague, you know, like playing in seven. Thank you. <laughs> uh, like playing in syncopated rhythms is like, you know, if you're playing in seven or like keeping a backbeat with one rhythm and then playing another rhythm on top of the other. Yeah. But like conical is, uh, it's like rhythm, rhythmic vocal drumming almost. And literally, uh, Matias goes to India and studies with these dudes who they just sit around and clap hands in seven all day, every day, and like that. And I can't fucking do it. I've seen some videos of that kind of stuff. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. He like goes there and like studies it, and then he'll write like a heavy metal song using like a rhythm that he really vibes with. That's to come awesome. back, and then we all learn it on guitar. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's C- sick. Do you do you know any of those kind of like if you were to sit down and try to play one of those songs now? Do you think you could do that? Yeah, I, I mean, like a whole lot of them, or like I've got like eighty percent of it, you know. So it's really hard, but like conceptually, I can I can conceive it. But it's like, uh, you know, at the end of the camp, we all play it top to bottom. But he's wow. so good. There's a few sections in like all of his songs, or at least once, I'll be like, I just throw my hands up <laughs> and be like, "Fuck this guy! <laughs> he's oh so goddamn God. good, dude." He's literally. It's like there's something about there's something to be said about virtuosity and like what it means to be a virtuoso, right? Because it's like I think the idea is that when you're a virtuoso is that you can play anything, right? Which is like, that's true. Like to an extent, like I didn't know the definition of virtuoso to be I honest. I think that's, that's it right on. for the most part. But like Here, let me more so than that. Yeah. Look it up more so than that though. I think when you like how to transcend your own virtuosity is when you can play, you know, any style or like sit down and like be able to play anything like Steve I or whatever. Yeah. Or like, I'll say Dweezil again or like uh Yngwie or but like it's this it's this like mastery of your instrument, right? But I think more than that, I think virtuosity is like being able to play what everyone else can play and then also having a style that is so your own that no one else can fucking play it. You yes. know? It's like it's strange how that there's that dichotomy. But like with Ia, we call him the guru. Mm-hmm. The the guru is like no one can play like him. He is not like it doesn't even sound like a guitar half the time he does this shit with the with his harmonics that are like and everybody does that but like he's he's just such a brilliant genius like musical mind that it's it's different does he play with people this this guy he plays with his own band and he plays solo so occasionally he'll like do collabs you know you we could like joe schmo could hit him up be like you want to do a solo over my like country rock song and he'd probably say yes yeah like for a, for a price yeah but, um but no he's got his own band and he does like guitar clinics he's been doing guitar clinics all across like europe asia and india since like 96 holy just cow like, and totally independent he's never signed a contract uh, he just does everything by handshake like you know and old like school. he does That's yeah really cool. super old school and like yeah like a lot of people don't know about like him or his band's music, but like now, after like thirty years and you know twelve albums or whatever, it's like people are at least kind of getting hip to it. And like they're still underground. And it's funny talking about it. He's like, yeah, I just feel like we're a punk band. 
that like <laughs> we're about like we're a bunch of Swedish dads playing like <laughs> heavy metal punk, and it's like that's so badass. That's super that badass. Death. What's what's the actual definition? All of right, it's a uh, it's kind of broad, honestly. It just says a person highly skilled in music or another artistic pursuit. Highly skilled. Okay. Well. So. Shit, dude. I must be a virtuoso when it comes to eating pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the comedy. <laughs> this is this is this is why we brought you here. <laughs> Shit. Uh, but yeah, and, and because you love you, Jones. No, oh, thanks, man. Thanks for again inviting me. Oh, dude. Very good. Very good. This made it pretty easy to do one, honestly. Dude, yeah, you're you know, really like good. I said, it was like my first time even being in front of a camera, like talking and being recorded. <laughs> you know, it was kind of weird, honestly. Definitely. No, it it's is still weird. a little, you know. I, I, mean, I still believe used it, man. To it, but like, you know? keep at it. You know. Oh yeah. That's how these things work. It's like the longevity of it all. Yeah, Will's been keeping yeah. me on that. Honestly, we we're trying to do two a week. So oh, even if we don't, yeah. yeah, if we don't have a guest, we're just gonna sit down and Good, talk. Yeah, Maybe do like a house show or bullshit something. and party. And that's <laughs> super important. But it's super obvious, man, that you are pretty inc- comfortable in front of the camera. Yeah. You said you, that you have a like a, like a TV thing going on. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I c- I signed a non-disclosure uh. agreement, but my friend Patrick, who I do comedy with, shout outs Patrick Long. Listen to his band, The Low Blow. They're a popular Murfreesboro band. Low Blow. Um. He's an angel boy, and I love him very, very much. <laughs> oh, nice. Very uh, nice word. He's just so sweet. Um, <laughs> I love Pat. Pat's awesome. Uh, he auditioned for or knew the director of this series that was just the pilot was being shot, and Jeff, the director, was like, you should come on board and like do this with us. And Pat was like, hell yeah. Got the part. And they were like, is there anybody that you're like – do really good scenes with and then he like you know name dropped the rest of the improv team that he's on so like myself charlie and like our friend heather and like a few other people and um yeah they like sent me an email they're like hey read this and film yourself and send it back to us like, oh, did it and pat had let me know beforehand and um i got this role and i was like i still don't know what this is i didn't really know what the fuck <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> and, and i was like where until i go? walked in like for the first day of shooting or before that, we did a Zoom call with everybody together because it, it was, like, middle of COVID. And they were like, hey, we're going to take every precaution to shoot, you know, like, make sure nobody's sick. We're going to take temperatures, wear masks, wear gloves, hand sanitizer galore. And it's like, okay, I feel comfortable. And, like, everybody else had been isolated anyways. And it was a small crew, small cast. Um, unfortunately, Pat couldn't do it. He's immunocompromised. So Bummer. He, like, it's just too big of a risk, which I understand. But I thank him very much for what I found out. Like, I'm on this fucking Zoom call, and then it's like, yes, this is Jeff, the director. This is Lucille, the casting management. And this is Bob. He's an executive for Disney. And I wanted to be like, fuck that company. <laughs> 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 fucking, like, monopolizing entertainment. But, you know, I was like, oh, sh-. I'm like, what? And I was like, what? And so we read through <laughs> it. And then I get to the show, and I was, like, talking to Caleb, who was like, I was casted with him, and he was like, "Yeah, dude, this is g- like going on uh, Disney Plus or whatever." He has me and I was like, "What the fuck did I get myself into?" Dude, dude that's what is this? <laughs> this is sick. That's I, awesome. I'm happy. Kiss your soul goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Can't wait to you know. Hey, it's, it's fucking you awesome. Gotta man. suck a little dick. Yeah, yeah. a we little bit of dick. We've earlier. been over this like before. We'll go over dick. it again. And look, if somebody <laughs> wants me to be funny on camera for money. Cool, dude. I'll suck fun. that. I'd say that's cool. a you won at Don't that point, care. man. Had fun doing it, and uh, you know, shit. And here's the thing: everybody's like, it's like, oh, I hope this opens up opportunities for me, like on the on the shoot. You know, my fellow talent, my fellow actors, uh, they're like, oh, like you know, this will. I'm so psyched to put this on my my resume. Mm. And I'm like, I don't even fucking have a resume. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's so funny. The um the the casting sheet that they emailed us where it's like you know the the person's face their name and their character's name yeah it'd be like caleb as austin like beautiful headshot <laughs> right <laughs> then like sally as nancy like professional headshot <laughs> jones as tyler and they took a still <laughs> shot of that little audition i sent him and i'm like mid-sentence i'm literally like <laughs> <laughs> Mouth open, like my beard is horrible. My hair is like, 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 so everybody has these like pristine headshots, and then there's me, and like, oh, and yeah, with this sort of thing, it's like I was presented a gift by the universe, by God, by my friend Pat, 
by keeping myself open to experiences and like um you know super thrilled it happened but like that's not what you know i'm looking for like spiritual enrichment while i'm here cheers plane instead of like yeah and i don't want to make it sound like i'm a like a dick because there's a lot of people that would be like kill to have this role but you know what you want yeah and like i'm probably not gonna still like get a headshot or get a resume or whatever it's like i'm just gonna keep making music in my bedroom and doing comedy in nashville and if somebody else hits up the club and is like do you have anybody that would fit this role or like but like it doesn't have to be a fucking disney exec absolutely i've like shot you know, bullshit that my friends want to do on their iPhones to throw on their YouTube thing. That's so much fun. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yes! We live this in the present. <laughs> yes, we do. The holy present. And you know what? This is way less bullshit Thanks, than man. a lot of things that I've said yes to. <laughs> well, cool. This is like, you know, I feel like you guys are going at this like a holistic sort of, uh, I don't know, if, wait, is holistic the right term? Like a, just like I think a, holistic a pure, like a natural well then, yeah. Well, that's kind of natural what we and pure, just like doing it for the sake of doing it. And Absolutely. Like, we just want people to get up here and tell us what you're about, and possibly show other people Dog, what you're about, I, man. I literally, like, yeah. when I moved to Nashville and I started meeting all these interesting people, and it's like, I, yeah, exactly, like, uh, yeah, I love it, dude. <laughs> I'm having two. a this is a blast. <laughs> Number two. Um, I think it's um, it, it, it's telling because it's like. There's so many amazing individuals in this city that, like, we are all associated with and are friends with. Definitely. It's like, dude, tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, my, like, I, I literally thought of having this fucking idea, and y'all beat me to it. I just, <laughs> like, that's all, like, interview well, the musician friend homies. Well, come back and do it again, I'd man. love to. I've also got, like, I there's a whole lot of friends I know that would, like, oh, we'd be love very down Deep if y'all need to. Absolutely. Like, my buddy, For real. Uh, my buddy, do y'all know Josh Blaylock? Like he's did he go to Belmont? Like, he did. The name sounds familiar. We're not we're not like tight tight, but he's just like the kind of guy who like knows everybody. He's this disgusting keyboard player. Like like I can't. did he play with anybody? Dynamo. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know who that is. Uh, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> but like he's the kind of and like I'm not saying we're like like I I see him at like bars and we chat right. Mm-hmm. But he's the kind of guy that would be like fuck y'all come on your like doesn't matter. There's so many dudes that are like like struggling and no one knows about them that are amazing musicians. And then guys like Josh who are like doing industry shit, but would still say like, it's like, this is just such an amazing opportunity for like anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Come sit down, talk about your bullshit for a little bit, you know, whatever you want. Yeah. Air it out. Hang out. So like props and bravissimo to y'all. This is a fucking radical idea. Thank you, man. We wanted to hop on as soon as we could. Yeah, yeah we, so. we we did a like seven practice episodes before we finally like got that. started. Yeah, we didn't even think about even posting this shit, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we got to flex the muscle though at first. Uh, we, the we, first one was interesting. <laughs> we tried it in that yeah. room at first, oh. which I guess was it with Nick. The Nick one wasn't here. That yeah. was that was yesterday. That was gotcha. a legit one. I that was a real one. Yeah, good, good. I love that boy. And then yeah, Nick awesome. Riffle, we love you. Shout outs, so Nick. Much. Shout outs, Starship Pilgrim. Shout uh-huh. outs, Cole. Shout outs, Hunter. Shout outs, Kale. <laughs> All <laughs> them boys. Dude, well, that's but again, it's like Nashville. So you know, it's like there is a scene and there isn't, but it's less about like the scene and more about just like the people. Exactly. Absolutely. Dude. Individuals. The, the individuals, the precisely, and like every guy or girl or non-binary pal that you get on here is going to have four more people that would be like, yo, let me throw you these names. Because like, they'd love to come on. You know what I mean? Cheers, man. We well, want an inviting area where anyone can give their opinions and their views. Yeah, that's, know, what, that's so what we want to do. I feel yeah. very invited. Uh, and Good. Yeah, as long as your views aren't, you know, national socialist, have at it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, rest assured. Fucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Just don't, don't have, have evil intentions. There, have good intentions behind everything you do, and you'll be all right. Yes, yeah. and like, but and you're allowed on here if you have good intentions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But y'all and we know. need some. Maybe we need some controversy. Bring on some bad intentions. Maybe some Westboro Baptist dudes on yeah. here. Right. Be yeah. I'd love to have anyone that would want to argue about that kind of shit. Show us your hatefulness, please. <laughs> <laughs> Show us how much bullshit you live in. Come along hey, with it's it. It's telling that, like, even just walking in this house, it's like y'all have created an inviting environment. Y'all have created, like, you know, a uh, a really. Con-
comfortable aura. You guys are all so kind. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, Will, and, and like Will is not so much. Keep it at Will, big <laughs> douchebag. To me, is a douche. Don't like this guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, cheers, boys. Because yeah, this man, is. Uh, I'm really excited for. Have a little all sip. Water. Just a sip. I spill it all over the computer and <laughs> all over the <laughs> interface. Um, I almost tried to. My brain. I almost took a sip of the mic. I <laughs> almost went like... <laughs> grab and tilt her like up. Hands, you know? Catch a little bit of whoever's saliva was in there last. A little <laughs> sip. <laughs> Lovely. Yo. That's cool. I've probably kissed Nick before. Good for you. <laughs> uh, we're, is there anything else we should chat about? Well, y'all, I think we hit an hour right on the dot. Hey. I'm going to talk to you about Graham Hancock when we get off yeah, this for dog. a second. Because I, I didn't get to, push, to touch on that, but that's a rabbit hole. Though. Yeah, <laughs> so. it is. That's a whole other hour. Yeah, dog. exactly. So. I love that guy. Well, y'all, that was episode two. Jones, thanks for being here, yeah, man. Thanks, Jones. Yeah, really, really such a treat. You guys are the bomb. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. And we are tuning out. All right. <laughs> <laughs>